your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. We're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms five days a week. So make it your first listen, make it part of daily routine, and tell your friends to do the same. In today's episode, it's a very special one. We are joined by my friend and yours, a recurring guest, senior writer for The Athletic, Jason Quick. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay, Mike. I got a quick question for you. What's up? Do you play Wordle? I do. Yeah. I had a rare five today. Oh, no. Have you Um, done today's yet? I have not done today's oh, yet. Yeah. When I was I before I came down here recording this on a Thursday morning, my wife Isabel was uh, was doing Wordle like literally at at the kitchen table as I left. So um, I'll see if she struggled with it as well. She did tell me I do know this. She said, "Oh, I got zero letters on my first guess." So yeah. <laughs> she, she started out a little rough. You yeah. haven't done Purtle yet. You told me you weren't going to do Purtle, the NBA version of Wordle. Yeah, no, I haven't. All right. Well, it's perfect for a nerd like me. Like it literally might be made for my brain. Um, yeah. It's like I it is it uh, if listeners, if you haven't played it, it's like Wordle, except you guess a random current NBA player. Um, and there's there's really nothing that is like more up my alley than guess random bench player on an NBA team. That is like that is the, like real nerdiness perfectly made for me. Um. We are going to play games today. We're not going to play Wordle or Purtle. We're going to play a game that I stole from Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors. Uh, I don't know where Sean got this. Maybe he invented it whole cloth, but it's called What's More Likely? And I'm going to present some scenarios to Jason, and he's going to say what's more likely. We'll kind of debate where we land and stuff like that. But credit to Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors. Um, someone who who came up with a good idea, so I stole it. You ready, Jason? Yep, let's do it. All right, what's more likely? Amphrey Simon signs a contract that's worth more than $100 million or Yusuf Nurkic signs a contract that's worth more than $70 million? Whoa. Um, probably the Nurk one. I think $100 million is a lot for Amphrey. Uh, certainly possible, but I would say probably more likely Nurk at the 70. Yeah, so my, my thinking here was like, say Ant gets $20 million a year. And the Blazers convince him to just sign a full five-year deal, right? Like the five, yeah. the five-year. So five for twenty is a hundred, or Nurk at four for sixteen is like four for sixty-four, but maybe he gets some incentives that push it up to seventy million. So um, I think it's. Pr- I would probably lean Ant because maybe the Pistons do something crazy and give him hundred twenty-five million dollars, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's probably a safer bet than Ant makes south of that. I heard you say this before, but you think Ant's range is like twenty million annually? Yeah, I think that's probably a good starting point. Yeah, he's probably made himself some money this uh, this uh, last half of the year. He's probably at like fifteen ish million, and now he's um, twenty plus, maybe twenty two million. I think could be could be definitely in the range. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's thrust himself into. Uh, winning most improved player. I mean, I think he's in probably the top three. Yeah. I'd put probably Darius Garland, him, and maybe John Moran. I don't think John Morant should be even considered for that. Yeah, Jaws weird, so, right? Such a standout player to begin with. 
Yeah, like he's he's like in, he'll finish like fourth in the MVP voting and then win MIP. Like it's it's a weird right. thing. Um, and he was also excellent in the playoffs last year, and he's kind of just continued that. Um, it's I, I don't know what to do with him. I think Jaw's going to win MIP just because the way the voting works. But I'm with you. I don't I don't think that's an award for the John Morants. I think that's an award. Right. For, I think that's an award for the Darius Garlands. I will say this: um, Ant playing with not enough NBA talent on his team is hurting, hurting. his MIP chances for yeah. sure. Um, we saw that last night against Phoenix. Yeah. You know, the Phoenix was able just to to put the clamps down on him. And he didn't score after the first quarter. Yeah, he didn't make a shot. Exactly. They were just like, hey, it's going to be anyone else. And when anyone else is Justice Winslow or Yusuf Nurkic, then it gets a little different. But when anyone else is Elijah Hughes and Drew Eubanks, it's just tough. It's tough. Um, you just don't have enough. They just don't have enough NBA talent on the roster. Um, obviously, it's intentional, but it is what right. it is. You think Yusuf and Nurkic... I, Go ahead. And I, I saw you... I think you tweeted last night that you were impressed by his playmaking mm-hmm. uh, growth. And I agree to that to some degree, but I, I still think as evidenced by last night, we see that he has some growth there yeah. in his ball security and his decision-making. But again, part of that I think is because he doesn't have NBA level guys getting open for him. Totally. Which and has and drawing the defender half a step closer so that right. you know, so he can make a make you know, everyone can cheat towards Ant. I will say this. I said, oh man, he had a really good playmaking and decision making first half. I could have followed it up with he did not have a very good playmaking yeah. second half. Like he the third quarter was not good for him. Um the defense yeah. just they made it too they put they put they made the windows even smaller. And Ants, like you said, his ball handling isn't quite there yet. Um yeah. I think he I think and, he sees the passes, but he doesn't always make them um right. at this at a really high level yet either. And if you Listen to Monty Williams, the Suns coach last night, post game. He said that was our focus to get the ball out of Anthony Simons' hands. And so that's where this real growth is, I think, for the rest of the season. He's going to be getting that a ton yeah. where coaches just absolutely load up on him and try to get the ball out. And that's going to be a good lesson for him as he moves forward in his career of having dealt with that kind of pressure before. Do you think it's good for him? Like, obviously, everyone's better with better teammates. Do you think it's good for him to have this type of challenge? Like, or do you I think do. it could hurt him? No, I I think his confidence is um, is established enough. Yeah, and I think it's good for him to feel this kind of pressure to know um, what it feels like to have that, and so he can start picturing and start uh, you know envisioning how he's supposed to handle that. And I'm sure they're doing a ton of film work with him right now showing how the defense is coming at him and, and showing him where his release valves are. So I think this is all in all a, a good experience for him. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Let's let's do another one for you. I was yeah. gonna well I was gonna ask, uh you think Yusuf Nurkic is in line for a raise. He makes about twelve million dollars a year now. You think he's in line for a raise? Oh definitely. Yeah, Me yeah. Too. Me definitely. Too. Yeah, me too. I think Nurk's played himself into more money. Okay, next question. What's more likely? Josh Hart starts at small forward on opening night or Nazir Little starts at small forward on opening night? Oh, that's such a good question. I think it's probably more likely that Nasir does just because uh, the Blazers want to get away from having that size issue. And I, you know, I asked Joe Cronin this week if he was okay with that. If, if they did start a small lineup with, Dame and, and Josh. And he said, yeah, I'd be concerned size wise, but, uh, you know, I think they'd be able to, he thought they'd be able to 
overcome that. But still, I don't think that's an ideal situation for them. It is certainly not what the coach wants to do. Uh, Chauncey right. is going to, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of hair, but he's going to pull his hair out if he has another situation where he has to start three guards. Like he did not, yeah. he didn't like having to do that. Like he just nope. straight up didn't like it. Um, it's Exactly. Yeah. So it, I, it's I, not his style. Yeah. He wants length. He gets it. Uh, being bigger and, is better. Yeah. And Chauncey's, you know, I asked Chauncey about that about a week ago or so. And, and he said, the thing about it is whether Josh starts or comes off the bench, I don't think it changes him as a player. You're Agreed. still going to get the same kind of production, the same type of play. So I think that was kind of a big tell that they probably envisioned Josh being the first guy off the bench next year. Yeah, and, and I, I think, still think he'll play 26, 30 minutes a game, too. Same, He's too same, good. Same. Yeah, and his playmaking is really valuable. I think Josh Hart has – you've shown kind of what the difference is. Like, he's a perfect fourth-best player. Like, he's really good if he's your fourth-best yeah. player. But now that he's your the team's second-best player, he just – his what he does well doesn't scale up to that, you know? Like, he just – he's not – in this in this sort of new setting of sort of limited talent, it doesn't, it doesn't work for Josh. Um, but I think when you put him around, when he can be that complementary part – um, totally. He, I think his game shines a lot more. So I'm not I'm because not he does a lot of the little things. Yeah. He, he he like keeps it together and keeps it flowing and he's such a good team defender as well. So Yeah, he's a, he's You're, a connector, exactly. Yep, exactly. Uh let's let's answer a couple more questions. I got I got I got many for you in the notebook. Let's right. uh let's come back and answer some more questions. But first, I want to tell my listeners about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Listen, the, the Blazers have been losing by a lot. If you want to make some money, go to betonline.net and pick the other team to cover. The Blazers have lost by 37, 32, and 30, and betonline.net has been picking them to only lose by 15. You've got a real opportunity here. There's some market inefficiency on not knowing how bad the Blazers are right now. Uh, if you don't want to bet on the Blazers, if that makes you sad, all other sports action is there for you. you got the NHL's regular season winding down. You've got tennis tournaments. You've got soccer. You've got combat sports. You can play your favorite Vegas casino games. All available for you on betonline.net. So don't wait. Go there today. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Still chatting here with Jason Quick. We're still playing the game What's More Likely, a game I stole from Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors. Thank you, Sean. Our next question for you, Jason. What's more likely, the Blazers have two lottery picks on the roster next season or the Blazers have zero lottery picks on the roster next season? <laughs> uh, probably more likely that they have two lottery picks, I would say. I would agree. Um, but uh, I could also see it going the other way. I could also see them uh, packaging their picks if they get two picks. Um, it's just really hard to say what the what the appetite for their picks are going to be because we don't know how high they're going to be. Right. Um, but uh, it would be my guess that they they would keep them. I kind of think they will too because you just need cheap guys you need inexpensive yeah. players in the roster who can help if you're picking high you want to like this is your opportunity to get high upside guys that can help you um and if you know at at some point you got to figure out kind of what what the real plan is are you going yeah. all in are you trading multiple top 10 picks for one veteran who can help and if you know if it's like jeremy grant no thank you but like or, you know, is there is like uh, I believe the phrase you used talking to Joe Crona was big game hunting. Like if they get like a yeah. tr if they can get a true 
all-star difference maker there, not just like a pretty solid forward, then the conversation about trading picks changes. But I would probably lean they keep them. Uh, obviously, we'll yeah. see. It, it's a really weird spot that they're in right now. because Absolutely. And, and I don't think they know which direction they're going to go because they're on one hand saying they want to build around Dame and win now, but also they're positioned to go young. Yeah. You know, they got Nasir, Anthony, two draft picks coming up. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, that tells you that they're drifting toward a, a young team and an up-and-coming team, but certainly not winning right now. So um, a lot of questions still to be answered, and a lot of that's going to be determined where those ping-pong balls end up. Uh, do you think the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs? It's just a bonus question. Do you think the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs? We'll certainly make the play-in. Yeah, they're um, locked to make the play-in. They're playing really well right now. Yeah, they look good all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, they're they're rolling people. Yep, they've so, won three straight uh, games by 25-plus uh, after kind of, uh, they were one and four going into the break, and now they've won three straight games in blowouts. Um, the Kings yeah. are bad, so whatever. But, like, they've, they have some impressive wins. So right now they would play the Lakers in the play-in. I think they'd win that, and then they would play the winner of the Clippers- Minnesota? The loser of yeah, loser of loser of wolves of, yeah. of wolves Clippers. God, they might make it, huh? They really might. I, they the wolves really, are playing really well though, too. It's true. Um, I just think when in a single elimination game, when you have shot makers like Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, you've got a you've yeah. got a really good chance. You know, uh, a, a series where you can kind of like dial in on guys' weaknesses, sure. But like yeah. one game, forty eight minutes, when you have two dudes who can just go score in isolation, that's a good formula for. I I think the Pelicans. I'm. Every single day, I get more convinced that the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs uh, and that the Blazers' gamble is not going to play off. But they're going to have to win two play-in games. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. as much as I make fun of the Lakers on this podcast, you better, Blazer fans better be hopeful that LeBron figures it out for one afternoon, one evening uh, here yeah. in the middle of April. All right. Uh, what, next question for you. What is more likely? That Joe Ingles plays for the Blazers next season or C.J. Ellaby plays for the Blazers next season? Oh, God. Um, man, if you would have asked me this last week, I would have said C.J. Ellaby. But I think Joe Cronin's serious about Joe Ingles. And it's weird how Joe Ingles came to Portland before his surgery, yes, which I did. thought was odd. And then he's been like very involved with Josh Hart on social media. I think he uh, responded to da a Damian Lillard tweet yep. saying, hey, "Hey, let me be involved with Special Olympics." That tells me that there's might be a game plan for him here. At least and some he, investment, yeah. Yeah, and and he is a great team player. I mean, yep. he he fits Portland's you know culture and all that to a T where he's very team-oriented, he works hard, uh, shares the ball, smart player. So I'm going to say Joe Ingles. He's 34. He had, I know. He had uh, surgery to repair a torn ACL in his knee last week. I know. Coming off a down season. I I know. <laughs> and yet, I'm just telling you, all I, these signals, all these I, little signs. 
No, I, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not questioning your reporting and your sort of reading of the tea leaves and after, you know, talking to people and all that. Um, I just find it so bizarre. I find, I just, I find the Niggles thing so bizarre. Um, I know it. I was convinced that it was a cap thing. I did the cap math wrong, whatever, whatever. I, I've already got a mea culpa on that. So if you haven't listened to that one, I apologize for being bad at cap math on the previous episode. But like, if Ingles is playing for a minimum contract, it's weird for me that he would choose Portland, right? Um, if he's playing for more than that, it's weird that the Blazers would p- pay more than that for a guy who's probably not going to play until 2023. Um, it's all of it's weird, but I'm, I, I would agree with you. I think Ingles is more likely to be on the roster than CJ LB next year. Um, if I could pick neither, I would, but that's not how the game works. All right. Uh, we got a couple more questions. Let's close out the show. Let's close out the show with more of those. But first I want to tell my listeners about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's right. That's what they're doing. They're making delicious bars. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They got that candy bar-like texture, and they're packing a punch. The average Built Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 net carbs. They come in a bunch of delicious flavors. My personal favorites, peanut butter brownie and salt, and peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream, but they also come in a bunch of other good ones. Salted caramel is one I like. It almost snuck in there. Coconut almond is pretty darn good. Uh, mint brownie, double chocolate, raspberry, whatever you like, you'll find something at Built.com. Plus, they got limited time flavors popping up all the time, so check the website to find what's new. And while you're there, use that promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still chatting here with Jason Quick of The Athletic. We're still playing the game. What's more likely a game that I lifted whole cloth from Sean Woodley of Locked On Blazers? He's getting credit at every intro. Jason, our next question. What's more likely that Greg Brown will be a, a, a contributor at some point next season or Keon Johnson will be a contributor at some point next season? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Based on what I know of the roster right now, I would say have to say Greg Brown because the Blazers have no big men. They just don't have enough forwards. They have a million guards. So just based on what I see of the landscape right now, I would say Greg. And I've been I've been pleasantly surprised by what Greg's shown. Yeah, he's Um, taken some strides. Yeah, still super, super raw. Um but I just think he's moving better. Like his, he's more confident in his first step when he tries to create something off the dribble. Uh, I love his aggression and going to the hoop. But I still think both are projects. Uh, yeah. I have not been impressed with Keon at all. That's not to say, you know, that's he's a rookie. He's nineteen. Yeah, that, that's that happens, and he's been hurt for a, a good portion. So. Um, but at the same token, I, I haven't seen anything that makes me go, Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Agreed. I, it, I, I, I think there has been, there's a handful of times when you see him be aggressive on defense where you're like, Oh, okay. That's what they want him to be. And then it's uh-huh. like, and then he's just making mistakes. His offense is really, really rocky. Like he just, yeah. his, his decision-making is, um, he just doesn't, he doesn't have it at the NBA level. And I think, uh, I think the speed of the game is a lot for him. You know, it's like, he's probably yeah. used to, he's such a good athlete. He's probably used to just being able to bully everyone. And now, you know, you get where he's a very good athlete, but not, 
gonna not gonna just overpower everyone that he plays against. I think some of his decision making offense has been um, really rocky, and he's not a great shooter. And and those are all things you can work on. But um, I I like I'm not Keon. If you think of Keon Johnson as a rookie this year, right? Like which he is. If you think of him as the Blazers' first round draft pick, you know you're investing in down the line. Um, you want him to grow into something. Uh, I was not really a Greg Brown believer. I would say I I I have ch- I've changed. I think Greg Brown is. Has taken has shown enough improvement with playing time that I think he could be an NBA player at some point. Yeah, he's shown more than Keon Johnson has. Yeah, yeah. Did you um, have a Keon thought that I cut you off on? No, I was going to say the uh, the guy I, I'm really curious to see is I'm going to I'm going to butcher his last name, Didi Luzada. Luzada. Uh, Joe Cronin says he's about a month away, so I think we'll see maybe two or three weeks of him in the regular season. I hope so. Yeah, I hope they let him get some, uh, some time. And he is uh, supposedly just a, a great physical defending guard. And I want to see that. I mean, Joe Joe really raved about his defense. Uh, oh, wow. His offense still has some way to go, but the uh, type of guy who really gets into guys, uh, can hold his ground, it's really strong. Um, so I, I'm really curious to see him play. Uh, and hopefully he does get to play before the season's over. But yeah, Joe thought he's about a month away from, from getting back onto the court. Uh, without, without like revealing this, cause it's, it's not worth it. Is, is there anyone you talked to Joe Cronin about that he traded for that? He was like, yeah, he's not good. Like, was there anyone that he wasn't high on? Cause it feels like he's like, listen, Joe Ingles can help us. Listen, Didi can help us. Listen, you know, like, listen, Elijah Hughes can like, you know, um, do you think there's some of it is he's just, he's not blowing smoke, but he's, um, you know, he believes in the process. Um, well, no, I mean, like with Didi, I, I was just asking him, I said, what's he like? Tell me oh, yeah, what, okay. what kind of player is he like, you know? And, and he's like, well, he's a very defensive oriented guy. He can get up in you. His offense still has some work to do. You know, I, I was just, cause I, I had not, no idea about Didi. Right. You know, I've never even seen him play live. Same. same. Um, so I, I was just more asking him out of curiosity. It wasn't like Joe was sitting there trumpeting him. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got some great steal or, you know, he okay. fleeced him or anything. He was so, just giving me kind of the, the scouting report on him. Got it. Okay. I, that's why I wanted the context for, cause it's like, you know, yeah. if, if every player you acquire is great at some point, I'm like, okay, well we got it. We got to get rid of these scouting reports, but yeah, that's um, with context. That makes, that makes more sense. He, for listeners who don't know, D Luzada came over in the New Orleans Pelicans trade. He tore his meniscus at the end of January and had surgery the first week of February. So he's, if, if he's a cup, you know, three weeks away, it's probably like he'll show up. He'll be available the last couple weeks of the season, last three weeks of the season, roughly. Uh, he also was in health and safety protocols when he first showed up in Portland. So, um, he's, he's getting back with the team. He's, he's, uh, not traveling right now. None of the injured guys are traveling, but, um, he's been around at home games and and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw him chatting with uh, fellow countryman, Leandro Barbosa before a Warriors game. Right. Uh, That's, uh, Brazil's a Brazilian legend. Uh, so, uh, he's, he's here. uh, And when the Blazers are back, they're basically not back at all for this month until the very last week. So when they're back, uh, perhaps we'll see Didi getting a little bit closer, warming up and all those things. All right. Another question for you, Jason. This is actually the last one I got. It is, what's more likely, that Amphrey Simons makes the all-star team next season or that the Blazers add an all-star to the roster over the summer? Oh, 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 oh. Uh... 
I would say add an all-star over the summer. I think it's going to be, I think it's really hard to make the all-star team as a guard in the West. It's, I mean, it's real. like this year alone, you, you look at the all-star team, no Damian Lord, no Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George, no Anthony Davis. Those are four perennial all-stars. You just add them back into the mix. It is incredibly crowded um, yeah. uh, with, with obviously all the, you know, uh, the sort of incumbents that are already there. So uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So I would say it's more likely they get an all-star and it. I, I do think that the Blazers have their eye on someone. I, I haven't been able to decipher who exactly that is. But uh, they have their eye on on some pretty big names, I think, and and I don't think they're free agents. I think they're I think they're looking to acquire somebody via trade and absorb that into their their space or use their the trade exception. I, I don't think they see their their way out of this through free agency. I, I don't think that's going to be the big move uh, of this team. It's going to be via trade, uh, and, and so. Yeah, I, to answer your question, I think it comes. Uh, they acquire an all star before Anthony becomes an all star. Yeah, I mean, t- to be clear, n- neither of them are particularly likely because it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's it's hard to trade for good players and it's hard to make the all star team. But I, I wanted to give you that. Um, yeah, they their path to having cap space involves renouncing Nurk and Josh Hart. And right. you've, you've reported pretty clearly that Josh Hart is part of the plan. Like right. um, he's the team wants to keep him on the roster and move forward. The, the, no, there's no indications that Yusuf Nurkic wouldn't be part of the plan. Um, it's going to be hard to upgrade that center spot. He's been good. Uh, he, I think at least all the indicators suggest that he'll be back on the team next year. It would be a yeah. very big surprise if he's not. And so if you're going to keep those guys, you're not going to end up with like real functional cap space to chase a good player. Plus the free agency class is pretty weak. So it's the trade market, uh, which. And it's pretty clear. They're going to go for a power forward or a small forward. Right. They, Cause they need help on at the forward yeah. spots. Yeah. And then they use their mid-level, whatever exception they have there probably to get a center. Right, another center to, right. to beef up the back line. Depth. Yeah, yep. and then you add a veteran point guard on the minimum, and then you've got yourself a good team. <laughs> yeah, a c- competitive team. Like I, I think the Blazers have a path back to being competitive pretty quickly. Would you agree? Sure. Yeah, I mean, competitive like where they've been for the last six years. Right. You exactly. Know, six, exactly. Six, seven, eight. Six, seven, eight seed. Yeah. Topping out at like four if everything breaks the right way, but probably more yeah. in that in the six and below, you know, play in or just avoiding the play in in those, yeah. in those spots. Yeah, I, I I think that's reasonable that like with even minor moves, they could be back in that range in the fall. It, if Dane's healthy, they're always going to be competitive. Right, right. You know, uh, they're, they're never going to be a, a terrible lottery team if, if Dane is healthy and, and playing every game. Yeah. So... Uh, you add Anthony in there and, and some other pieces. I, I think this can be a competitive team. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Dame was like straight up bad this season and he averaged 24 yeah. and seven. Like, yeah, like he, he was like legitimately not good. We watched him. He was not good. He was not himself. He was bad. And he averaged 24 and seven. So like, but really inefficient, but he was, you know, the thing that was overlooked, I think of Dame's season. Yeah. His, his shooting numbers were awful, but he, he really ran the offense well. Yes, and I he thought did. he 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 set set things up and created a lot of opportunities for his teammates. I, I thought it was his best playmaking season 
perhaps as a pro. Certainly up there. Certainly up there as a, as among his best playmaking seasons. I would totally agree. He was the best, yeah. like, as a table setter, as a point guard, he was still excellent. He just shot 32% from three on 10 attempts a game. Like, he missed yeah. seven three-pointers every single night. Um, and did he end up under 40% overall? Did he? He was, he was teetering there. Let's look before we get out of there. Um, he was, he was, like, that's, the, the, the thing about Dame is, like, it's, like, the bar is so high, you know, he's like 28 and seven when he's really good that like, you know, this 24 and seven and some change feels bad. Um, but then, you know, it's, you, th I feel like if he gets back to say like 90% of what he was, he's going to be, um, you know, all-star level, one of, you know, all NBA borderline, all NBA type. He ended up shooting 40.2% from oh, he the did field get over for 40. the year. He climbed over 40%. <laughs> so take that Jason. Yeah. Uh, hey, one other thing that I forgot to, um, not forgot to, but I couldn't really fit it in my conversation with Joe Cronin Yeah, was, uh, regarding Eric Bledsoe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a chance he comes back in place. I, I, I think it's a very small chance, but there is an injury there. You know, I think we've all kind of chuckled and laughed that, um, that he's, all of a sudden become injured when he gets to Portland because he was never on a LA Clipper injury report preseason or regular season. Yeah. Um, but they said when they, when he came here, they examined him and that Achilles was, was howling and was swollen and had some pain. So, uh, you know, Eric's in the potentially in the last year of his contract, I don't think Portland's going to pick up the $19 million option. So, they're trying to be uh, considerate of his future. Yeah, re resp responsible with his health. Like it's right. You respect exactly. a veteran. Yeah, I agreed. Exactly. So, so you so, think he might play? Well, I think the only way he will play is if they have a rash of injuries at guard, where you know that they're going into a game with one, maybe two guards. Right. You know, so an emergency type thing. Yeah. Which has <laughs> unfortunately happened this year where they, yeah. you know, had to get these um, hardship, emergency hardship uh, signings. So uh, it, it's not something that they're holding him back or something. They're just trying to be really careful with uh, what could be a catastrophic injury for him. Right. And, and, and at his age and his situation, uh, an Achilles right. injury probably is the end of his career. And if he's, right. he's like, I think he's good enough to be a contributor. So he was contributing on a pretty decent Clippers team. So yeah, I, I um, that is, that's interesting reporting. I mean, we have seen him and I, I pointed out to you when we were at one of the games, I said, Hey, uh, I haven't seen this, but Eric Bledsoe's warming up before the game. Have we seen yeah. this before? Like, is this, I was like, is this something Jason? Right. And it's like, uh, you know, you're closer to the team than I am. So I'm like, this seems new to me, but I don't always, um, I don't always pick yeah. up on that stuff right away. So yeah, he's been, yeah. he's been, we've seen him do a little bit more. And Mike, I think you can kind of back this up too. When you see Eric Bledsoe in person, it is impressive. Yeah, that like guy a, built is like a GI Joe. Stacked. He yeah. is stacked. Yeah, it, and I, I, it just doesn't. You know, he's been in the league forever, and I've watched him play a million times, but I've never been like right up close to him. And when you are, see him, you know, from five feet away, it's really oh, startling. Yeah. He's he is huge. Built like a GI Joe, dude. He's huge. Yeah. Huge. Um. That, he's got those Jason Quick type uh, pythons, those biceps <laughs> yeah. that remind me of a certain senior writer at the Athletic. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, when he got it, he got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to end this episode. We got to get No, we have to get out of here. Uh d- dear listeners, make sure you're doing your bicep curls and you're doing your push-ups uh so you can get strong like Jason Quick and Eric Bledsoe. Also, make sure you listen to this uh podcast every single day, 5 days a week, available wherever you get podcasts, free on all platforms. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. Jason, thanks so much for uh, for hanging out. It's always always a pleasure. We'll have you back soon when um, whenever you're around to share your your insights. We always appreciate it. Always enjoy it, Michael. Thanks so much, and listeners, thank you for listening. I will talk to you soon.